Welcome to the Douglas Update on Integrative Medicine, integrating the best from all medical disciplines. Second update in a series on medical fascism. It's like a tangled web, and I think it's really important that we see the signs of these medical fascism times that we're living in. But first, let's start with a little quiz to reflect on last week's episode. First, do you remember ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and fluvoxamine as archetypes of integrative medicines for the early treatment of COVID-19? And do you remember why they're such great examples for integrative medicine? None of the contents of TDU podcasts constitute medical or professional advice. And no person listening should act or refrain from acting on the basis of the content of this podcast without first seeking appropriate professional advice from a qualified healthcare professional. Well, it's because they represent the off-patent orphan drugs that compete with the newly patented drugs like Paxlovid and Molnupiravir and the vaccines. And that's why Big Pharma, the medical cartel really, just hates orphan drugs. And sometimes I think they hate the doctors who integrate them. And it may sound extreme, but I'm convinced that Big Pharma generally hates any and all of the natural medicines, like the nutraceuticals, say like vitamin D to prevent COVID-19 infections, and plant medicines, and energy-based therapies like ozone and ultraviolet blood irradiation. Remember, you can't slap a patent on a natural therapy. That is, until or unless you can sort of morph it molecularly, chemically, into a designer drug. And once you do that, you derivatize a naturally occurring molecule, then you potentially strike gold. Because if you can pay for the patent and then get the FDA to approve it, you can turn some pretty perky profits, right? But not so with ivermectin as our example, because that's already been done. And the patent expired a long time ago, leaving it as an orphan medicine. And for the next question, true or false? Fake research is real. True. Very true. Yep, and remember that TOGETHER trial we talked about on ivermectin? And remember that Lancet Gate fiasco when the medical journal The Lancet published bogus data about hydroxychloroquine? That research from the corporation called Surgisphere? Just incredible. And from the last episode, how about exploring reliable sources of information outside the realm of the mainstream media? How about the FLCCC? That's the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. It's a good one. Start there for your own accurate information about the COVID-19 therapies. And you can find a whole lot of other solid sources of information on our website in the document called COVID-19 Resources at DouglasUpdate.com. And now before we take another solid look at our current state of medical fascism, here's the last two review questions for reflection. First, according to meta-analyses, those are the Mac Daddy of all the different types of evidence-based medical reports that we have, how effective is ivermectin at decreasing mortality from COVID-19. Do you remember? Eighty percent. 
I linked to the research in the show notes. It's from the June 21, 2021 issue of the Journal of Therapeutics. It's titled Ivermectin for Prevention and Treatment of COVID-19 Infection. And finally, do you remember Japan and India as examples of countries that are integrating little orphan ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? And how much lower are their death rates in this pandemic compared to ours here in the U.S.? And why? Amazingly, very amazingly, according to worldometers.info, Japan's death rate is 17 times lower than ours, and India's is seven times lower. And why is that? Integrative medicine, that's why. Basically having the freedoms to integrate the best from all medical disciplines. By the way, I'll have a link to this photograph uh, of the actual label on the COVID-19 treatment kits from India, from Uttar Pradesh. And these kits have listed right there on the label ivermectin as the key component for early treatment it's a reality check that photo is and i thank dr robert malone for making it available to us one other thing i forgot to mention on the last episode was that the tokyo medical association even issued a formal ivermectin directive to all doctors in japan that they should treat covid 19 with ivermectin Imagine that, the off-label use of little orphan and generic ivermectin repurposed and embraced by the medical leadership of an entire country, a highly advanced country. And now did you know the state of Tennessee and I think uh, New Hampshire have even passed legislation making ivermectin available over the counter? That's the U.S. Constitution in action, 10th Amendment. And it's Tennessee living up to its slogan, America at its best. Yet we still have our own American Medical Association, our own FDA and CDC and mainstream media either telling us what to me seem like lies, that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are ineffective and even dangerous, or they just keep silent about these life-saving therapies. And I think it's deception at the highest level. And that's another key sign of health fascism. It's high time we start listening to the alternative authorities and alternative experts on the alternative media platforms. Okay, so what is fascism, medical fascism? It's an ugly term, isn't it? Even sounds ugly, the fascia. And it's usually linked to the recent history of Nazism, isn't it? With its evolutionary humanism, with human experimentation under coercion, and without informed consent. Horrible. And that was just 70 years ago. And I've been thinking, are the vaccine mandates entirely different though? And what about the racial hygiene and eugenics of that Third Reich? Man, even worse. And now we even have the Nuremberg Code as a result, don't we? the code that's supposed to protect us from government mandated interventions on our health and even crimes against humanity. Yeah, this phrase medical fascism conjures up a lot of bad memories and regrets and a lot of fear that mankind is even capable of doing these things. And fear, well, that's certainly a powerful weapon used by the medical fascists, but we'll save that for another update on the history of all this. But really the meaning of the term itself, fascism, simply incorporates the idea of connection, connectedness. 
that in itself isn't necessarily bad. For an example, in anatomy, the fascia is just the connective tissue that binds the body parts together. And so for our purposes, from the political perspective, medical fascism is simply the connectedness, the merger of government and private industry powers in healthcare, especially pharmaceutical industry power and the power of the pharmacy industry and health insurance companies even, all connected intimately with the government. That's medical fascism. Nowadays, I call it healthcare corporatism gone mad. It's nothing new with all the powerful lobbying and agency capture. It's just that it's been growing behind the scenes. And now we can think of the pandemic as the time when the monster of medical fascism with its assault on integrative medicine has finally reared its ugly head for all of us to see, if we have eyes to see it. And so what are the signs during these health fascism times? They're actually staring us in the face. And here are some examples. There's the obvious government agency connections with big pharma, the agency capture I've mentioned. And I think this is best depicted by picturing the revolving door at the FDA and the CDC and the NIH. And that's no secret. We could even have a TDU episode called Who's Flying Through the Revolving Door at the FDA? Sort of like, which big pharma bro blew in last? Well, that would be Dr. Robert Califf. Again, it's no secret, it's public record that our own FDA commissioner, Dr. Califf, has received millions of dollars in fees from Pfizer and at least 18 other major pharmaceutical companies, including Johnson & Johnson, GlaxoSmithKline, Novartis, Amgen, and others. So Pfizer's just one of our current FDA commissioner's benefactors. And now interestingly, under Califf's control, we see the FDA quickly very quickly, lowering the ages for people who are to get the Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccines, all the way down to our six-month-old infants, even. God, please help us. Yes, I'm from the FDA and Pfizer, and I'm here to help. Can't you see it? Our trusted FDA, all intertwined with Pfizer. Yeah, it's medical fascism. And now they even have the Pediatric COVID-19 Operational Planning Guide, which outlines the massive plan to vaccinate all children with these mRNA vaccines. Like I said, starting at six months old and on up through 11 years old. And it's nonsensical. I mean, first, the vaccines don't seem to work very well in the first place. They're even mismatched at this point, what with the new variants. And for the pediatric population, COVID-19 infections are like getting the common cold. Now, Junior, it's just the little Fauci-ouchie. You just gotta trust mommy and daddy on this because we trust Pfizer. And Pfizer's in partnership with the FDA and the CDC. There are loving and caring authorities, our friends, just like Big Bird. <laughs> and now just look at the FDA under Dr. Califf. They quickly approved the two brand spanking new and patented antiviral drugs for the treatment of COVID patients, Molnupiravir and Paxlovid. With those, we're looking at the risk of viral mutation, possibly into more lethal forms, and the potential for the viral rebound. But we're not supposed to talk about those things. And by the way, Doc, you so much as mentioned those punky orphan drugs, that ivermectin, that pesky hydroxychloroquine, or that fuvoxamine, 
then we's coming after you with Joey the Clown. So shut your pie hole. Yeah, so there's Dr. Robert Califf at the FDA. And so now, who is it that recently flew out of that revolving door recently? Well, that would be our FDA bro and former commissioner, Scott Gottlieb. He just blew right out the door of the FDA and stepped right onto the board of Pfizer. Imagine that. First profiting from taxpayer dollars and big pharma's industry user fees at the FDA, and then stepping into even bigger profits while serving the drug maker giant that he was responsible for regulating in the first place. What a deal. But you just gotta wonder, don't you? I mean, what favors Commissioner Gottlieb just might have facilitated for Pfizer to earn that promotion? And I'd ask my doctor colleagues at this point, do you really trust what the FDA is telling us during this pandemic? Like ivermectin is worthless for COVID-19 and even dangerous? Or are you just keeping your mouth shut in fear of losing your job, your livelihood? But let's admit it, the revolving door and agency capture by Big Pharma, they're clear signs of these medical fascism times. And what about the censorship and disregard and even disdain for the doctors and scientists who have a different narrative? In my opinion, they're the legitimate experts. And the censorship is another obvious sign we're living under medical fascism. Yeah, we've seen the censorship and cancellation deplatforming of highly published doctors and scientists who aren't beholden to big pharma. They speak their truth to the power of this health fascism. Their information is based on peer-reviewed scientific evidence, and yet they're labeled as disinformation docs. They contribute to vaccine hesitancy. How dare they? So going down this list from the Steve Kirsch substack, here are some of the doctors being called disinformation doc. There's Dr. Robert Malone, Paul Merrick, Pierre Corey, Peter McCullough, with over 1,000 publications in peer-reviewed medical journals. There's George Fareed, Geert Vandenbosch, Ira Bernstein, Byram Brittle, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Joe Mercola. These are just some of the people who inspire us to want to make a positive difference. And there's doctors Ryan Cole, Brett Weinstein, the host of the Dark Horse podcast, Jessica Rose, Paul Alexander, Meryl Nass, and so many others. Check them out online, and we'll have a really good link on our website. And by the way, these medical mavericks are willing to publicly debate any of the other supposed authorities from the side of medical fascism. And if there were ever a debate, I'd want to call it the COVID-19 experts versus the medical fascists. In fact, as far as I know, Steve Kirsch is still offering a million dollars to any one of them who are willing to debate. And as I understand it, that million dollar prize is just for showing up and debating. You don't even have to win the debate, for goodness sake. I mean, some medical fascists would get a million dollars for just being a loser. And how about the sign of the good old Orwellian doublespeak and the vaccine mandates in that light? goes something like this. The protected need to be further protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected in the first place. Blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah, so these are the signs of the times, these medical fascism times, with mandates and doublespeak, cowardice on the part of the government, Big Pharma and our supposed experts from medical academia. And there's that undeserved name-calling and branding at its worst, disinformation docs. When I first heard that, I wanted to vomit. And there's the censorship and the disregard for real science and the real experts. And there's the government agency capture with those revolving doors at the FDA and the other agencies. And there's more, a lot more. But who'd have thought, really? Health fascism right here in the U.S. of A. For the next episodes, I want to continue with some more signs of medical fascism and then move on to specifically identifying the who. That is, who are the foremost medical fascists in all of this, nationally and globally? I hope you'll tune in and give us your comments. Just go to douglasupdate.com. The content of the Douglas Update does not reflect the opinions of our promotional sponsors, advertising agencies, parent company, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Hey fellow integrators, do you want to receive a very brief e-newsletter? It's a golden integrative medicine nugget that encapsulates the essence of each TDU episode. Just go to douglasupdate.com and click subscribe.